Clearly, one of the most amazing tour high points of all time happened on our English tour. It was an afternoon with John Rutter, the beloved composer of some of the world's favorite choral music. During the early planning stages of our tour, I had asked Sabrina at Encore if we might be able to meet with a famous English composer or conductor, especially John Rutter. Although I didn't think it was likely, I checked back a few times over the following months, but there was no definite news beyond hearing that Mr. Rudder would try to meet with us, time permitting on his end, but we'd have to wait until closer to our visit to London to know. Lo and behold, a couple months before our tour, Sabrina emailed to tell me that we were all set for a meeting with Mr. Rudder. I have to admit, I gasped when I heard that most amazing news and our choristers were beyond thrilled. The day of our meeting, the chorus presented Mr. Rudder with a monogrammed leather folio we had brought as a gift for him, and we spent a heavenly couple of hours with him as he reminisced about his work and life, responded to questions, and heard us sing. We all agreed. He was one of the most interesting, kind, witty, dear, and humble people we'd ever met. There was another mountaintop experience as well on our English tour. During our planning stages, I was chatting one day with Sabrina about the possibilities for our final concert in London. I asked if we might be able to sing at one of the world-renowned venues there like Westminster Abbey or St. Paul's Cathedral. She replied that it was almost impossible to arrange as they only allowed the greatest choirs in the world to sing at these venues and there was a several year wait list for each of the venues anyway. However, she said she checked just to be sure. This was another lo and behold moment. Sabrina called back to tell me that a person at Encore's London office called both venues to inquire on our behalf and discovered that there had just been a guest choir cancellation for a service at St. Paul's on a day we were scheduled to be in London. I answered, great, we'll do it. But Sabrina went on to tell me that we needed to fill out a lot of paperwork and we needed three letters from prominent, read world famous, musicians who would vouch for the quality of our work. I replied that I thought we could manage it, but when I asked how long we had to complete these requirements, Sabrina replied, two days. Trying to be positive, I said, no problem, please go ahead and ask the London office to send me the paperwork. I was fairly certain that with persistence I could manage to complete the paperwork, but the prominent musicians part was another matter. I called Ed and explained the problem. Always the willing good sport, he said he knew two prominent organists who had performed at St. Paul's and he was quite sure they would write reference letters for us. But we needed one more person to write a letter. We had by then sung with the Detroit Symphony Orchestra, and a couple years before our tour planning, Leonard Slatkin, then music director of the symphony, had been the keynote speaker at a conference our chorus members had organized for choral conductors and choristers in southeastern Michigan. We had 20 presenters, and it was a fabulous day, which I hoped Maestro Slatkin would remember fondly. My friend Leslie, one of our choristers, was Mr. Slatkin's personal assistant at the time, 
and I called Leslie to see if she could ask the maestro to write a letter on our behalf. Unfortunately, she said he was out of the country, but he was returning the next day. I asked Leslie if she would be willing to draft a letter to Maestro Slatkin and ask him upon his return the following day if he'd be willing to sign it. He did, and we sent all the completed paperwork and our three letters off to London with five hours to spare on our 48-hour deadline. A few days later, we received our acceptance to sing at St. Paul's. We rehearsed in the St. Paul's choir practice room and came upstairs, entering the sanctuary from the back. I had visited St. Paul's years before, but never from this awe-inspiring vantage point. In contrast to the beautiful but somewhat traditional church exterior, every inch inside was a magnificently decorated detail, and the staggering massive beauty of the space made all the words of the greatest choral music palpable. Glory to God in the highest. For the service, we were seated in the choir stalls, and I think all of our choristers felt like I did. There was electricity in the air, and we felt a weighty responsibility to make our singing as perfect as we could. There were last-minute complicated oral instructions on when to sing, sit, stand, turn, and leave, and we wanted to appear like we knew exactly what we were doing. Fortunately, Ed did, and our chorister's eyes were on him every minute. We did a fine job, and afterward, just as we had done at Notre Dame in France, I presented our new diplomatic letters to the dean of the cathedral in a short ceremonial presentation. Our St. Paul's adventure is one I will never, ever forget.